Hey, you're listening to Deep Dives with Tremika Benjamin, and I'm Tremika. On today's show, we're going to dig deep. We're going to take a look at the journey to become a college president, but we're going to talk about it as an internal candidate. So to talk about this, I've invited Dr. Tanja Williams. She's the president of St. Petersburg College in Florida. I wanted to talk about the advantages that she had as an internal candidate and all of the challenges that she faced as an internal candidate as well. So as you're listening today and you find out that you like this show, you can learn more about Deep Dives with Tremika Benjamin at www.deepdivestv.com. So let's get started. So we are here today with Dr. Williams, the president of St. Petersburg College. Thank you so much, Dr. Williams, for spending time with us today. My pleasure. Uh, before we go too far, do you mind, because we're getting ready to dig deep on this topic, so I'm just going to call you Tanja if that's okay perfect. with you. Okay, perfect. So before we jump in, I want to start with a little story. So as you know, I worked at NASCAR prior to um, starting SWIM. I went from NASCAR into healthcare, but in my heart, I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. And when I started SWIM, I had that chance and I had the opportunity to move that mission forward. Did you always know that you wanted to be the president of a college? No, I did not. Thank you for asking. I Actually, my main goal was to become an associate provost. That was like the top of the chain there. I want to do that. And um, over time, I'm like, now I want to be a provost. And then after becoming a provost, I said, hmm, wonder if I can be a vice president. And um, when I took that, the next job opportunity was, I think I should be president somewhere. Um, but it never in a million years did I think it would be at St. Petersburg College. And how long ago was it that you said to yourself, I think I can be president somewhere? Probably about 12 years ago. Wow, that's impressive. So now you're the president of St. Petersburg College. Yes. Where you just homegrown. Homegrown. Started off in, years. If I'm not mistaken, you started off in financial aid, didn't you? Senior financial aid accounting clerk. I was the person who typed the checks for financial aid on a typewriter and would put it in an envelope for students to come and pick up. They would have to sign that they picked up their hard copy check. Okay. So, you know what that means? That means a whole lot of people know <laughs> then Tonja Williams before she was Dr. Tonja Williams. So, you have all of these people that are deciding your professional fate when you went after this presidency. How on earth did that make you feel? How did you navigate through something like that? You know, what's really interesting is I applied for like four other presidencies before I, you know, became a president. So, by the time I applied at St. Petersburg College, I had it down. I, I understood. You, <laughs> you know, had some dry runs. I had some dry runs. I understood some things. I learned a lot about what folks are looking for and a lot more about me and my leadership as well and, and my vision and what I'd like to see done. And so when I applied at uh, St. Petersburg College, um, I was ready to take that leap. I'd been at the college 30 years at that time. I had put in a lot of work, but I also understood the organization and what those needs are. And anytime you apply for a presidency, you're putting your neck on the chopping block. Because if you don't get the job, the new person who does may say you can't stay. And so I was prepared for that. But what I was not prepared for, I think, was some of the internal politics working with some of my colleagues who, you know, I'd worked with for years and not understanding that some of that would, would weigh heavily on me. So 
going after the four positions prior. Is that correct? So this was your fifth? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going after those four positions. Now you're at your fifth. One of the main things that I mentioned to a lot of a lot of my clients who are trying to make that leap into presidency is the importance of an online persona, an online platform, making sure that people see who you are without having to ask a whole bunch of people internally at your school. They're able to see out for the world, your website, mm -hmm. who you are in terms of your CV. Did you have those things? I did. I, I was um, fortunate enough to have those things. Had to do a little bit of learning about social media and some things um, along that line because it is very important that people can see who you are online and understand who you are online. And so make it easy for them so that they don't have to go and hunt for information about you mm -hmm. and, the, and have everything organized in sort of your own website. Now, one of the things that I, I've always thought of is, you know, an internal candidate going after this presidency. All these people knew you now, right? How did you position yourself through the interview process to, to position yourself as a platform for innovation, to position yourself as, I have new, fresh ideas. I mean, they knew you as the senior vice president uh -huh. of student services. Uh -huh. So how did you bring the secret sauce? Well, it's very interesting. There was a lot of concern that um, I may not be the best candidate because they felt that I would bring the same energy and the same ideas as the former presidents. And so I had to set myself apart, but I've done that throughout my entire career. I've never followed the person who was in the position before me in the same manner, doing the same thing. And so I have never been a, just do the same thing and it works. But what I ended up doing was sharing what I understood the hurts are for the college and what the needs are, and that this will be my platform. Being an internal candidate, I think it has an upside and a downside. The upside is you understand what's happening at the college. You know, you have the inside track. Use that information to your benefit in helping those who have been working there and, and focusing on the things that need to be addressed um, and the possibilities. You know, people are bringing you all these great ideas. Share that you're open to those ideas. You know, help pull those out. Right. Don't be afraid of failure. I think that's a, something I had to tell myself over and over. Girl, if you don't get this job, what's going to happen? Well, I may have to find another job, but be okay with that. I think that you'd rather deal with that than with regret to say, man, I wish I had done it and I chickened out. So through this process, you mentioned that you shared what your vision was. How did you share it when you were in the process of interviewing for this position? Well, it's not like you can, you know, have a big meeting with everybody and pull them in and say, here's my vision on right. the platform. But you have individuals who will contact you and say, you know, if you become president, what would this mean? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? And, you know, you have the media contacting you and things happening. Be prepared to have your platform out there from day one. I came up with the community of care. And it talks a lot about the importance of building culture, making sure that SPC is a place where people can learn, grow, and play, that it's a safe place, it's a great place. Um, make sure that you improve communication. So you did all this before, like this when you were doing in the my, interview? Okay. Correct, this Perfect. was in my head with the community of care, it has four C's, culture, communication, collaboration, and creativity. Bringing our innovative spirit back, being number one, making sure that we're doing things differently, more effectively. And so that was my platform. And I had a chance in every media opportunity, every communication, I had a chance to do that. On the other side, the hard part is hearing all the other stuff. 
you know, and, and the noise that's being said about you, sometimes by people that you really cared about or you thought really had your back and being able to rise above the noise. How did you do that? I focused on my platform and convinced myself that what they're afraid of is not me, it's change and to keep moving. That's impressive. I know that that is probably the biggest challenge that any new president, new president, let alone internal new president, could face is hearing what people could possibly say about the tenure that you've had at an institution up Mm -hmm. until that point. It makes you kind of look inward and and second guess yourself sometimes. And it's interesting that you bring up the concept of platform because one of the things that I talk about whenever I deal with brand new presidents is it's extremely important to have three key things. A platform to stand on, Mm -hmm. clearly defined priorities, Mm -hmm. an internal communication strategy of what you plan to do now that you are president within a week of you being voted on as president, you need to communicate to that college family what you plan to do within your first year. And then also a strong transition team, multidisciplinary, some community leaders that played a role, um, as well as faculty, staff, even some of those naysayers. Mm -hmm. So I do recall through your process of becoming president, that is what you did right out of the gate. So can you talk a little bit about that? So my first day as president, I sent a letter to the whole college family with my platform and in writing so that they understood where we were going, shared with them that this is our first day together and it's a new day and that we're going to work through this as a team. The second thing I did was I hired an external person to come in and help build a transition team of community members. I tried to include almost every one of my naysayers because I wanted them to have the inside track and be involved and see what's happening, not to convince them otherwise, but to convince them that I was open and collaborative. I'm never trying to convince people to change who they are and what they believe. They have to do that on their own. But I can show them that this is the process that we're going to have at St. Petersburg College. So we had the transition team. They met for six months. They were able to present back to the board of trustees. I did not want them to present it to me personally. I wanted to hear it when everybody else heard it. So how did they meet? What did that look like? Were you involved in any of it? I was not involved in any of it. So the external person... Um, facilitated those meetings, and what mm-hmm. did they present to the board? Like what they would like for you to do, or they talk to me a little to bit about that? They presented to the board what the transition team felt the priority should be going forward, which is what I I wanted to, them to do. I had in my head what the priorities were, but I wanted to hear the college family and the community's priorities and what we should do going forward. I see, and how we should work together going forward. And so that is what they presented to the board. And from what they presented, how much did you adopt? I believe about 60, 70 percent was adopted and implemented. Oh, wow. Okay. And how do they do you communicate back with the community, the college family to tell them what you've done? How did you? Well, I do a quarterly video, have always done that with the college family, explaining here's what we've done over the last three months. Here's what we're going to do on the next three months. Any highlights? It's a full fledged video. So they're always in the know on that, what we've completed, where we are with what we committed to and what we're going to do next. Tanja, remind me how long you've been president at SPC? Two years and six months. So I've had the opportunity to spend a great deal of time with you, and I know that the importance of courage in your first two years has been paramount. If I had to pick what your super strength was, it is probably courage right now, because you had to have some very difficult conversations, difficult discoveries, difficulty understanding some of the whys of mm-hmm. things that you didn't know prior to you serving in this role. So can you talk to me a little Absolutely. bit about 
the lessons in courage that you have learned. Give us maybe your top three lessons that you've learned that were like, holy smokes, Batman. I think the first top lesson is just because you're an internal candidate doesn't mean you know it all. There are new things hidden under rocks and in closets that you had no idea. Deep in the closet. Deep in the closet. (laughs) So um, don't assume you know and that that you're always learning. That's the first thing. As a leader, whether you're internal candidate or not, you have never fully arrived. You will always be in learning mode if you're going to be a good leader. I think the second thing is being an internal candidate, you will have to make those tough decisions that may impact your friends, people you grew up with at the institution that you love, and you have to make that tough choice. Um, And... I think for me, doing it with care is very important. Now, you grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida, didn't you? All my life. If it were me, right? So I homegrown in this college, homegrown in this community. It also took some courage because you have something to prove to everybody in the community, not just this college, but to everyone at the grocery store, everything. How do you have those difficult conversations with saying, you know, hey, person at the grocery store. I understand that's important to you, but that's not where this institution is going right now. How do you do that? Well, I help um, pull them back to student success, the whole purpose of the institution. While the idea or the request that they have is very important, it may not meet the mission of the college at this time. So I ask this question because a lot of times brand new presidents get lost in the sauce of community chatter, right? And they're constantly trying to make good with superintendents. And of course, you've got to do that to grow enrollment, right? But you also have to remember that the home, the the actual nucleus of the business you're running Mm -hmm. is the college. Mm -hmm. How do you, how are you, I think that you are very keenly in tune with being able to keep that field pretty level. So that's why I'm asking in context no, no, of that. No, no, I get it. Especially being homegrown, sometimes you fall into the minutia, the whirlwind, and you don't get to strategy. And so you have um, a lot of people depending on you to do this and do this and do this. At one point, I finally had to say, no, I will not be able to do that. It's a great idea. It's just not meant for us at this time. Sometimes you don't win your community members. You know, sometimes they get disappointed. Oh, she got that job and now won't do this for us. And, you know, it's like, here's what we need to be focusing on. So I've pulled in our community members to talk about the college and where we're going as a college and how can they help us? Would you like to join us on this mission instead of always being pulled into their missions? Because right. because sometimes you, you know, you miss the whole boat. I mean, you can't see the forest for the trees because you're doing that. I think focusing on student success and building our community members from poverty to prosperity and making that my platform, even in the community, at the churches, at the barbershops, it's all about helping people have a better life. So I'm going to dig a little deep on this next question. And this is a question that any president that I've had the um, opportunity to work with is they would hope I would never ask them in front of anyone. And I'm, I'm asking you in front of the whole world right now. Have you ever had to separate from people that you've worked with in the past? Absolutely. How do you navigate that conversation and how do you navigate that relationship? Because brand new presidents struggle with With this so much. For me, coming from student affairs and being the person that handled all the president complaints, I'm very familiar with working with attorneys and different groups and being able to say no. One of the hardest ones that I've had to deal with was an organization that um, 
we've worked with for years, like 20 years. And looking at the benefits from that organization mm-hmm. and being a, having to say, you know, I think we've run our course here. I, 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 I think we've done, you've done a great job for us. We care about you and your family. I know your daughters. I get it. But right now, the college is really heading in this direction, and I, I don't think you're going to be able to help us. And they agreed that, no, that's not our expertise, but here's where we need to go. When you talk about courage over comfort, you have to look at what the college really need and move forward because the lack of doing that, your faculty, your staff, your administrators, they're like, man, the president's weak. I mean, this needs to be done, and, and she's still not making that change. Do you think they're really watching um, that much? I think they watch your every move. Don't think for one second they don't because you're their lead, and, and I'm their supporter. I'm their biggest cheerleader. And so I have to be able to step through those difficult things and make those decisions. And when you don't, you let them down. Just like in in times I've been let down from previous leaders who didn't step through and do what needed to be done. I don't want to be one of those types of leaders. So that leads to challenges then. Internal conflict-based challenges as well as just challenges politically. I think for any state college in Florida, whether the community or state college, Funding is a huge challenge for us. For the last 10 years, we have not been able to raise tuition rates, but the cost of instruction continues to rise. The community colleges are not knee-deep into major fundraising, but we're going to have to find a different way to build funding for operations for our organizations. That keeps us up at night because you want to make sure that your expenses don't exceed your revenue coming in. And as state dollars continue to decline, And, you know, the need of the student continues to rise. For example, we have food pantries now, free bus rides, free mental health. I mean, we're really serving the whole student and our students are coming in needing more. So funding is humongous. Mm. And I think the second thing that keeps me up at night is ensuring that I can provide for my employees. Our employees have not received what they fully deserve for the work that they've done over the last eight to 10 years. And so the employee experience for me is just as important as the student experience. And so I've been spending a lot more time on improving the employee experience. Do you think as an internal candidate, the ramp up time to being able to navigate this funding challenge has served as an advantage or a disadvantage for you? I think it's a disadvantage because not fully knowing all of the funding streams, you know, as vice president, I had a slice of the pie. So I knew the student affairs slice. Now as president, I have the whole pie. And there's some nutmeg and some sugar. (laughs) Needs a little bit of vanilla, you know, to to really make that pie taste good. And so for me, it was a disadvantage not fully understanding what was missing in the pie. Now that I know, I understand what ingredients we need to go after to make that pie taste good. It's interesting that you say this because as people go on this journey to a president. One of the major things that they want to learn and they focus on learning is how the budget works, right? But if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not just about how the budget works, it's the funding sources and how you maintain and grow them is really what propels an institution forward. Yeah, even the funding sources and the limitations on the utilization of those sources. Mm. So you can have $5 million in capital outlay, but you can only use that for facilities, but you may need the $5 million for raises. Yep. You know, so it's not just the funding, it's 
you have restrictions on some of these funds, and you need more um, unrestricted funds for operations. So how did you navigate through this? Did you sit down with your CFO and just say, break it down for me? Or how did you navigate? Did you call some peers? What did you do? Well, I did a little bit of both. I spent some time with some very seasoned presidents who have started the way that I'm starting and have really built their budgets to to be more business and operations-like. And I've also spent I spend a lot of time with my chief uh, financial officer. <laughs> we, we are joined at the hip. I mean, I would imagine most college presidents are very close to their um, finance officers. So my last question is this. So there's listeners out here that are fighting a good fight on their road to being an internal candidate, okay? And they have probably, just like you, went to other interviews and they may or may not have made the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're probably struggling. Like, what is taking so long? Why is it not my turn? And I think you have a very interesting story because this was not your first and only stab at being a president, right? Correct, correct. So what piece of advice would you give them in two categories, right? Number one, to keep them, keep on keeping on, right? Mm-hmm. But then number two, what could you tell them in terms of ensuring that they know and they are firm in as they're going through this process? For the first question, to keep it moving, usually once you make it in the top five of a presidency, you already have demonstrated the skill set. Now they're looking for fit. Are you a good fit for my organization? You have the capabilities, you have the experience, you have the credentials. So if I'm understanding you correctly, because that's important for the listeners, right? If you've made, once you get to a point where you've made the top five, Mm -hmm. They got to keep going because clearly you're you're ready. It's now fit. It's fit. Finding the institution that best fits you. Out of the five applications I submitted, there was one. I had visited the college, but after I started, I said, I do not want this. I don't want this job. You know, make sure you do your research so you don't waste your time. I mean, presidencies and the applications, it's a lot of work and you don't want to waste your time, but make sure you do a better job on looking at fit because it's not so much do you fit for them. It's also are they a fit for you? Because not every college is a fit for you. And I learned how to do a much better review of the institution from that experience it was a mess. So, you know, don't, don't give up on that and don't be afraid to call the search firm or even the head of the search and ask what was missing or what could you have done differently? What did that candidate have that you did not? I mean, was it something that you could have done differently to learn from that? I think a lot of times pride comes in the way. And I think that's a very, very good piece of advice, Tanja that, you know, there's no pride here. It is now, if you've made the top five, no one is questioning your capability to do this job. It's a fit. So it's great for you to get that feedback from the people running the search so that you can understand how did you, whether they, you think you might be a fit and they didn't think you were, how did you communicate that you weren't? Exactly. What was it that, that brought that forward? And, you know, for me, don't apply for a job you know you don't want. If you know you don't want to move to Mexico, then don't apply for the job in Mexico. Don't don't waste their time. Don't waste your time. But do your homework. And then if you don't get the job and you really want it, find out what was the missing ingredient. Right. You know, what, and, and by the way, I do that and have done that throughout my entire career. 
Any job that I didn't get, I'll call and find out. Because I just think it's important right. for me to know, was I missing something? And what was the second question? The second I, question is, what are the key elements that a person pursuing a presidency needs to make sure that they know and they understand before they walk into that interview with the selection committee? Perfect. I think that you'll never know every element of being a president, but you need to have every element of being relatable, being motivational, being an encourager, being engaging, being a listener, and being a supporter. Because being a leader, in my opinion, is not running the show. It's leading the team to run the show. It's propelling your team, showing them that you would be that person that would be a game changer for the college. Not because you're all that. Not because you're the, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. But you are a motivator and a believer in the community college system, in the communities that you're serving, the students that you're promoting and moving forward, and that you can help build a system and a process that's going to make that institution better. Not by yourself, but by propelling your team, empowering your team, leading your team, partnering with workforce. It's not all about you, but it's about you. Dr. Williams, I want to thank you so much for this time. And I don't think that SPC could have a better president in 2019, oh. 2020, and beyond. Thank you so much thank for sharing you. this story. I know it's always a very, very sensitive subject, so I appreciate you being vulnerable and taking this dive with us. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. So that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find more episodes at www.deepdivestv.com or you can subscribe through your favorite podcast subscription service. Until next time.